The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, I remind you to please remember to pass on our podcasts to everybody, particularly this one. This is a very, very interesting or, or actually serious topic that we're about to talk about with our dear friend, Alex Schattenberg, who is, of course, the executive director of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition organization, which is a pretty well a national, an international organization. And it's so great to have Alex with us again to talk about euthanasia. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. You've been so busy that I'm always very honored when you can come on the show. So thank you. Well, I'm always honored that you asked me to be on the show, Molly, and I'm always thankful to be on the show. Yes, because you always keep on top of the topics, and that's important. Uh, you know, some of these topics are not nice to talk about, but you're on top of it, so that's important. You know, that, that is so true, because one of the things that we tend to forget, and I think it's not that we forget it, it's just that there's so much going on right now. You know, we've just come through a very difficult time in Ohio with a, with a, an abortion amendment being accepted by the vast majority of people in like 57% of Ohioans voted to have abortion in our constitution. But as we're dealing with that, we sometimes tend to forget about the other side, the other end of life, which was what the whole pro-life movement is about, both from beginning to end. And, you know, treating all human life with respect and dignity because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And what we do sometimes is just focus too, not, not, I don't say we focus too much, but we focus a lot on the front end of life. And the back end of life is beginning to, you know, that the whole euthanasia, assisted suicide issues are beginning to pop up all over the United States. So I love to get your Euthanasia Prevention Coalition newsletter, your blog, which keeps me up to date as to where we are. Recently, you were in Ireland talking to Irish doctors. Tell us a little bit about that, Alex, and why this is something that's beginning to pop its head up all over the world. Yeah, I was speaking in Ireland because uh, I actually spoke first in, in Britain at the uh, London Parliament, uh, the Parliament in London, uh, Westminster. And then I spoke in Jersey, which is an island. Uh, it's an independent uh, Commonwealth nation in a sense, but it's part of uh, part of the UK. And, and then I spoke in Ireland. And the reason is, is that all these places are right now debating euthanasia. And it's, uh, it's becoming a big topic all the way through uh, most of Europe right now. Some countries sadly have legalized and other, others have, uh, you know, are debating it. And so in Ireland, it was important because we had a conference there or there was, what was it, my conference it was Hope, Hope Ireland to organize the conference. There was quite a few people who attended. Uh, but they uh, are really concerned with the direction of things. And uh, we had some excellent presentations by some fabulous physicians, etc. I think I did a very excellent presentation too. Nonetheless, what's very good is that the Irish doctors have come out, The and I'm not talking about just a few doctors, I'm talking about the Royal College of Physicians of Ireland, came out against 
uh, legalizing assisted suicide. And this is important because, as I say, the Irish government's right now got a committee that's looking at the issue and they're discussing it. And uh, when they came out against it, they didn't come out just a little bit against it. They said, no, this is something that we should not be doing. They said it's contrary to medical practice. And it also, they said that the uh, harms certainly would outweigh the possible benefits, if there are any benefits. I don't see there as being benefits to killing. Uh, so it was very important. Uh, they looked at issues around the Netherlands, the, the Irish doctors, issues of what's happening in Canada and Oregon, and they came out uh, clearly opposed. And when I read uh, actually their document, it's quite, I'm quite thankful to read uh, their information because a lot of what they're saying is the same sort of stuff that I've been reporting on. So it tells me that they've been following the issue very closely about things that are happening in different countries and in different places as to how euthanasia has expanded, uh, for instance, uh, you know, to child euthanasia and things like that. Uh, for your information also, it's very important when we look at this that uh, Ireland's not the only nation that has come out, uh, you know, their doctors came out against. Denmark's National Ethics Council uh, last month came out and they have 17 members of their National Ethics Council, 16 of them, uh, uh, were signed on to a document opposing the legalization of euthanasia-assisted suicide in Denmark. And it was a very well-done document because it went through all the issues and they came out, and I'm saying 16 of 17 ethicists. Anytime wow. you can get 16 of 17 ethicists saying the same Absolutely. thing, you're in pretty good shape. And they said that, no, there should not be a legalization. And I think that was a very uh, important outcome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it seems to me that um, there's 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 a number of different places. The Netherlands is also beginning to be a little bit concerned. Switzerland, you know, also also a little bit concerned. In, in your article, you 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 highlight some of these things. You know that there is the, this uh, in, yeah. in in Oregon. Um, you know, the death with, you, you say the report published this week analyzing the Oregon death with dignity confirms that eligibility criteria have expanded since the act was installed, instated, um, it, with a 15 day waiting period required waived, requirement waived and patients receiving assisted suicide now include those with non-terminal illnesses such as arthritis. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So what we see is there actually, this was a report that was done by a group of physicians in, uh, in the, in the UK and, in, 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 in uh, Britain who looked at what's going on in Oregon alone. Now, the reason I looked at Oregon was not because, you know, what's happening in Canada is not horrific or what's happening in the Netherlands is not horrific, but a lot of the members of the, uh, you know, British, the house, the, the Westminster house or the, uh, House of Lords in Britain are saying, well, you know, maybe there's a problem with euthanasia, but, you know, we could have an Oregon style assisted suicide law. And so they did a, a thorough analysis of that. And they said, you know, the data is very much missing, which is exactly what I've been talking about a lot too. For instance, I'll, I've mentioned to you over and over again, that when you look at the assisted suicide data in Oregon, they always have that one number in there. And that is uh, like last year, it said 101 people who received the lethal drugs and who died, they don't know what happened to them. They don't know if they died a natural death. They don't know if it's assisted suicide, meaning that no, no assisted suicide report was filed, but there is no information as to how they actually died. Wow. Was it a natural death? Was it assisted? They don't know. They simply don't know. And these are the kind of things that they pointed out. And also on top of it, they pointed out that, um, you know, the data isn't uh, reliable because uh, most of, if you look at the organ data, you're going to notice that most of the deaths, the doctor's not present. So if yeah. the doctor's not present, the information that they're actually putting into this report 
is hearsay at best. But on top of it, a lot of that data, like a lot of those deaths, so you'll have a doctor that actually files the report, doesn't have any information about their deaths. It just says they acknowledge that they died by suicide. You have age information. Uh, they might have had cancer. Or they might have had, you know, different, you know, medical conditions, et cetera. And that sort of thing is marked off in the report. But I mean, you don't know if there were, how would you say, uh, problems. So when they're looking at uh, the total number of, how would you say, issues of problems, meaning that person had a very long, drawn-out death and might have been a very painful death, and they, of course, they sell assisted suicide as being about, you know, peaceful. peaceful yeah. But a lot of these deaths are very painful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but when you look at the data, it's only based on the number of where the doctor actually put that information in. And very few doctors are actually at the death. So when you're actually extrapolating the data, the numbers are actually much higher for problems with assisted suicide. And they pointed that out, that it's based on a smaller number, not the full number. Exactly. You know, when we're talking exactly. about problems with the law, you know, yeah. problems with the use of the law. Yeah. You know, and and it's also, doesn't it open it up to all kinds of abuse, Alex? I mean, you know, you think about, and I, I've dealt with so many people over the years who are dealing with, with somebody who has got some sort of a terminal or are aged or there is some sort of an issue. And oftentimes the right. caregivers are so tired. They are so wonderful, wonderful people. But, you know, if you've got somebody who is, just, you know, basically, okay, I've had enough of, of, you know, Aunt Mary, um, and I'm her caregiver. So, you know what? I'm, I'm going to decide that I'm going to give it to her now, whether she wants this, this, the, these drugs or not. Off she goes, pops and pops her off. We have no clue whether that's happening, do we? Well, you wouldn't know, actually. That's the point because yeah. there's nothing in the reports. There's nothing in the reporting system. There's nothing in any of this that would actually uncover that. You have to understand that in none of these cases, is there a third party involved in making sure that the law is actually followed? Now, I think assisted suicide and euthanasia is always wrong. So it's not to me about, oh, well, you know, some of it's okay and some of it's not okay. No, I think it's all bad. I think killing people is just a bad idea. But, and there's a good reason to think killing people is a bad idea. Do you, how, can, how can they actually think that this might be okay to give your doctors or your nurse practitioners or write a law to be causing your death? How can you actually think that Oh, that, that's going to work out fine. In the end, of course, uh, the problem is, is that you're giving people the right to kill you. And this is a serious problem. But let's go further. When we're talking about abuse, we actually, actually have seen what's happened in Canada. And I think it's important to talk about Canada because we've had euthanasia deaths based on poverty. We've had euthanasia deaths based on homelessness. We've had euthanasia deaths based on someone who can't get medical treatment. We've had euthanasia deaths based on someone with multiple chemical sensitivities, MCS. You know, we've had euthanasia deaths based on someone yeah, who couldn't get, as I say, medical treatment. You know, you look at all these issues and you start realizing that uh, what's happened is, is that once it became normalized, it started becoming used in a wider and wider fashion. Now, I have to give you a provisio here because they're going to tell you, Shat- and the other side is going to tell you, Shattenberg's lying to you. You can't have euthanasia based on poverty in Canada. And that's actually correct. You can't. But they have a disability. They're living in poverty because that's the sad reality that the government doesn't give them enough support money. Uh, And so they're living in abject poverty. So they're asking for euthanasia, not based on their disability. They're making very clear. They're asking for because they saying, I, I can't live anymore in poverty like this. I can't continue yeah. this way. Or they can't so, get so the medical reason treatment. Is poverty. The reason is poverty. Yep. 
Absolutely. The reason is poverty. They've accepted their disability, but the disability is what got them approved for death. Yes, but that's not why they're asking for it at all. They're asking for it because of their poverty or homelessness. Like you would think, how could you be killing off people with homelessness? And now next year, and starting in March, uh, we're going to start doing euthanasia based on mental illness alone. And, you know, you got to realize from the beginning, now that's not fraught with difficulties because of the fact that if you've already got people with disabilities who are dying by euthanasia based on poverty and homelessness and an inability to get medical treatment, et cetera, and many more types of social reasons like that, well, what about the people with mental illness? Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to look at all our major cities and there's people living in our streets who Absolutely. have a lot of mental health problems. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. This is once, unbelievable. Once they start saying it's okay. Yep, exactly you know, right. Yeah, exactly right. This is this is going to be, um, you know, and you, you're right. Canada is seems to have gone so quickly, so fast down this down this road that it's it's, it's gone mad. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. So there was a, I, I guess, I'll, uh, is it? Uh, um, there's a very good article that you have in your in your blog post, and um, that, that uh, the Alberta uh, uh, United Conservative Party is considering con- conscience rights for healthcare professionals because the healthcare professionals are now getting caught up in all of this. Not so? Right. So so how it works is in, in Canada, again, it's uh, similar to the U.S., like in Oregon, et cetera, where they're trying to, de- they're trying to define assisted suicide as medical treatment in the U.S. And because they're trying to define it as medical treatment in the U.S., because they're trying to define it as medical treatment, therefore, uh, doctors are become the primary gatekeepers are the ones who are actually approving and doing the act, etc. In Alberta, the, uh, the, the Conservative Party has um, been looking at this question. They're, they're talking about uh, creating more restrictions, such as also protections for physicians, too. I think that when we look at that, we have to look at the greater question of the fact that you have to be happy about one thing in the U.S., and that is that your American Medical Association continues to oppose assisted suicide. And I think that's something that we have to be very uh, thankful for in many ways, considering other issues that have gone with the American Medical Association. So in the case of uh, recent meetings at the uh, at the House of Delegates for the American Medical Association, uh, they once again debated uh, assisted suicide. So that was uh, the uh, second weekend of uh, of November. The House of Delegates got together and debated assisted suicide again. And they have decided once again to reject assisted suicide and to reject euthanasia. I think that's very important, but uh, they're still debating the language because they continue to debate the language question. A lot of doctors want the term assisted suicide to be removed and they want to call it aid in dying or whatever. They want to change the terminology to make people feel better about it. Uh, but they continue to not be neutral on this. They continue to be opposed to assisted suicide. And I'm very, very happy about that, that that has continued uh, to this very day, even though 10 states have legalized assisted suicide. The other thing you have to know about what's going on in the, U- in the U.S., and I'm very concerned about it, and it's not far from Ohio, is the fact that there's been a lawsuit launched in in, uh, in New Jersey. And the New Jersey assisted suicide law requires that the person who dies by assisted suicide must be a New Jersey resident. So what's happened is the Compassion and Choices people, they're the, the big assisted suicide lobby, they've launched a lawsuit in New Jersey to remove that residency requirement. Now, why is this such a big deal? Well, there's a lot of Eastern states that have been debating assisted suicide and rejecting assisted suicide. 
Um, prime example, Connecticut. Connecticut has been has rejected assisted suicide every year for 11 years straight at their at their uh, legislative level. So you know clearly the will of the people and the will of the legislature legislature is that we oppose assisted suicide and they oppose it in Connecticut. But if you remove the residency requirement, then of course people will die by assisted suicide in New Jersey from from different states right so yeah. if you consider the location of new jersey it's beside a lot of major like it's not very far from new york it's actually literally right next door, right next door. Uh, so if you start considering the population um that would uh, start dying by sister suicide in new jersey it, it makes me uh, very concerned you know it's it, it's it's this creep it that just keeps creeping and it keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger you know I, and I, and i i go back to the whole fight that we have with abortion you know originally it was to make it rare and and you know as rare as possible um so but now i mean the 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 amendment that we've just passed in ohio it's no matter what, no matter when, no matter how, you are entitled to have an abortion for at any time, right up until the moment of birth. So you you see this once we allow that you know that shoe in the door, that little foot in the door, the thing just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, and it was interesting that you the um, the the. Uh, Health Canada reports that there were 13,241 assisted deaths in, in 2022. This is, this is what's stunning to me, Alex, representing 4.1% of all deaths. Yeah. 4.1% of all deaths. Wow. It's significant, especially if you look at certain provinces. Uh, Quebec has got the highest, uh, percentage of euthanasia deaths of anywhere in the world. So uh, Quebec does the Netherlands and Belgium by uh, a fair amount. And then also uh, uh, British Columbia is the second highest in the world. So if you start looking at these at these two jurisdictions within Canada that have gone even crazier than the rest of Canada. Uh, but um, I think the U.S. should really be concerned about Canada because the assisted suicide lobby is not is not happy with assisted suicide alone. Not to say that there's anything good about assisted suicide, they want euthanasia. Now, as yeah. I explain to people, the difference between the two is uh, euthanasia is a form of homicide. So in the case of euthanasia, the doctor actually injects you, whereas in the case of assisted suicide, the doctor gives you the lethal pills. Uh, it's, it's a mixture of different drugs, and they actually give that to you, and you take it yourself. So uh, the difference is one's assisting a suicide, and the other's actually homicide. And just to be even more clear about this, uh, in Canada, when we legalized euthanasia, we actually created an exception in the criminal code to homicide. So this is very important. The assisted suicide lobby wants euthanasia. Now, when I'm talking about, I mentioned about the American Medical Association recently upheld their position opposing assisted suicide and opposing euthanasia. Why I mention euthanasia in there is because the one resolution would have actually uh, removed their opposition to euthanasia also, and that was, of course, rejected at the same time. And I think it's important to recognize that this is where they're going. They, you know, as, as bad as assisted suicide is, uh, the assisted suicide lobby, they want, they want euthanasia just like Canada. So you have to be very careful about that. You have to sort of smell the smoke coming your way because this is exactly what they're up to. And what is the end result of that? Well, it means that a doctor or a nurse practitioner, as it is in Canada, has the right in law to actually kill you. You know, they actually have that right to kill you in law. That's a very serious situation. Yeah. It's, it's very, not to say that assisted suicide is not serious, 
But that's very serious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, any killing is bad. Any any type of thing, and and you know, killing killing yourself is bad. I mean, that doesn't make any difference as to whether who's doing it. But all killing is bad, to your point. But when you've got somebody actually actively assisting you in, well, actually killing you. I mean, let's call it what it is. Let's talk about it as it is. This is this is part of the problem. I think we get into Alex is that we we euphemize everything. You know, instead of calling it exactly yeah. what it is, abortion is the intentional destruction and killing of a baby in the womb. Euthanasia is not euthanasia. It is homicide. Let's call it that. It is, it is homicide. homicide. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. My wife says you should call it murder. Yep. And I say, well, I don't know. Uh, technically, in Canada, it's called homicide. So let's just call it homicide. <laughs> I, I think that's I, fair enough. I agree with it. I, it's murder. You know, we are getting to the point now in, in, in America where we are beginning to rethink how do we talk about abortion? How do we talk about this? Because the more you, the more you, uh, you coat it in, you know, sugar coating, um, the further down the road we go with regards to people not really and not really even thinking it through. If you were to say to somebody who's considering to do, to, to have somebody come and murder them, if you were to say to them that, you know, that you're inviting this, this doctor in to murder you, they would go, Oh, no, 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 I'm not. Yes, you are. That's exactly what you do. We have to actually stop with it, with the, with the, uh, euphemisms. I, I, I'm 100% with your wife. Very clever lady. I think she's wonderful. So. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do have some good news I want to share with you. Good. One is, uh, you know, okay, so in the past, okay, people don't realize this big push that's going on everywhere. So, for instance, Portugal uh, legalized uh, euthanasia. Mm-hmm. That was bad news. But they haven't actually instituted euthanasia yet. And the reason is, is that the government has been unable to come up with regulations. And now uh, a recent article just uh, put out the current Portugal gov- Portuguese government, even though it's a far-left government, um shouldn't matter philosophically, but that it does, sadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have decided not to implement any euthanasia regulations until after the election. Uh, I think that what's happening is they're feeling the pressure of what's going on in their nation, and they're concerned that it was gonna, it's going to affect them in the next election. So they decided to leave euthanasia alone until after the election. As I say, also the Irish doctors came out against assisted suicide, the Danish... Uh, council came out against assisted suicide. The American Medical Associations remained in opposition to assisted suicide. You know, so you get that all going on. But recently, the Dutch just had an election, and they had sweeping changes happening in the Netherlands. So I know that you know you might, if you do some googling and you start reading what happened in the Dutch election, they'll say, "Oh, this far right party just um, you know won the majority, or not the majority, but they've won the most seats in the last election." What's most important is the party in in Netherlands, I know this doesn't matter to your listeners, they're not probably Dutch followers, but anyway, the party in the Netherlands that's been pushing euthanasia from the beginning is called the D66 party. It's a far left party. I say, like, I think left-wing people should actually be opposed to euthanasia because it doesn't make philosophical sense to me yeah. to be a, a far-left socialist and then to be in favor of euthanasia. Like philosophically, it doesn't fit. Yeah, it doesn't. But nonetheless, yeah. they've been pushing euthanasia. They've been pushing expansion. They just got 
absolutely wiped out in the last uh, Netherlands election. Absolutely. And I think that's what's happening across Europe. We're seeing that over and over and over again. So we need to, there is hope. You're absolutely right. Alex, you, I love it. You always, you've always got good news together with the bad news. The website is www.epcc.ca and that'll go up on our website as well with Alex's interview here. Also, you can go to, I would really, encourage everybody to uh, subscribe to his blog spot because I think it's great. I think it's just a wonderful thing. He, he does a, an excellent blog every day or every every week or whenever he's got good news for us or, or news for us. So make sure we do that. Alex Schattenberg, thank you so much for joining us. So great to have you with us as always. Thank you very much. God bless you lots. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest.